Welcome back, everybody. Backlash Radio, Anthony Pino from Hook Optics and Nick Carullo. I think we skipped the last week because we were we were both super busy. You were in El Salvador, and that's going to be the the main part of the pod, I think. So huh. let's get after it, buddy. I, I was there last year. I had pretty good sail fishing and world-class mahi fishing. It sounded like the mahis weren't as big as they were last year. But Well, from so. what? From what it was understood, it was that uh, I guess they weren't as big, but there was a lot there was more, more. Than last year. Golly. Tell us, start where uh, I don't know because I went to El Salvador once. I flew in there in the middle of the night, but did you get to go there like during the day and take the ride during the day or was it dark? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, landed during the day, kind of rode from, you know, got to see everything during the day. And then um, we were supposed to start fishing right away, but because of that little tropical depression that pushed through um unfortunately you know we didn't get to fish the first day so we got to just spend a little time kind of walking through the little town there and spent some time with marco and you know his dad's got a lot of property there some like homes that they rent out an airbnb and um yeah they have a lot marco's family does a lot there yeah which is uh pretty cool then they they own that merino as well which yeah pretty amazing and they're just you know his family super dialed in super nice you know we got to stay at one of their nice properties there for the first couple nights so that was super awesome and so we moved over to the marina hotel but yeah you know it's cool place you know it's like a costa rica that's you know not built up yet you know yeah so if i can remember correctly it's like costa costa del sol i think it's called right yeah so the the there's a little peninsula that juts out and there's like a river on the it would be the east side and the ocean on the west side and then to the south there's a river mouth and then to way to the west there's a giant volcano that makes for great great pictures and it's just a really cool spot it's like like you said going back in time in central america it's it's certainly it, i think one day it'll be the next you know one of the next big spots the only problem is that inlet is uh sketchy yeah. so yeah yeah i got to see that firsthand um, <laughs> but i'll tell you what like you know you think of being in like a country like that you wouldn't think you know the the boat care was where where it was where it was actually at when i was just super impressed that like from like that little strip where it basically you know I, not a when it called an intercoastal but they have like a little strip of water that runs parallel with the ocean and they have all these big, beautiful homes that are along that little strip of water, and they all have their own docks. And like every every few hundred yards, they have boat ramps. And just outside, like once you pull the boat out, they have these giant boat sheds that these people keep all their boats in, which is you know blew me away. Like I mean, yeah. I've been to a lot of places, and I have not seen that. And like Marco's family and like obviously a lot of the other guys that fish the tournaments, they have these giant concrete structures, some of them air conditioning, where they keep the boats in out of the sun, out of the water. And, you know, these guys could maintain the boats properly, wax them. I mean, I was really impressed with that. It was really yeah. cool. And they do a lot. I mean, I was super impressed with just... You know, there we met. Well, I knew those guys from fishing the tournament, but you met them at the at the Miami Boat Show last last February, when we really won a 
pushed the El Salvadorian fishing and in the country of El Salvador. And I don't know, my experience and I think your experience is pretty pretty amazing. Um so I, I think that it's it's definitely a place that is on the up and up. It's, it still might take quite quite some time, but I think it it's going to be amazing. And maybe it doesn't get to the to the point of a Los Sueños or even a Guatemala, but that might be why why you would want to go. So yeah, in my well, opinion, I'll tell you what they're passionate about growing it for sure mm-hmm. and growing their fishery and the tournament. You know, I definitely obviously the inlet is obviously you know, a huge factor. And I think just, you know, a big Marina, um, is a factor as well. But I think if they thought they could get the boats, I don't see them not building the Marina. You know, I think those guys have the money to make the Marina. It's just, you know, they want to make sure they could get the boats there. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about, um, the inlet. I think it's a, it's an interesting inlet. I think I don't know if there's a real solution to making that inlet any better, considering the volume of water that goes in and out of that thing. You know, it's a it's a big tide yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, and it's a river mouth. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I could think, but it's probably unrealistic, would be just to make like a huge rock jetty mm-hmm. on one side. But you know, I don't know how even realistic that is. You know. Yeah. So if I can remember correctly, they do. So basically they fish around the tides in during the month, basically. So every month, no matter when the tide is, you know, fishing's there pretty good there year round, but they only fish are really able to fish like two weeks out of the season, two weeks out of the month or a week and a half out of the month where, where you can leave in the morning and come back in the afternoon where the tide is right to go in and out of the inlet because there's a huge westerly swell and on an outgoing tide it's 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 a great it's a great surf spot that's for sure <laughs> yeah 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 they'd leave you know it's like you said it's around the tide and when that water is high tide in the morning and you know high tide more in the afternoon that's when yeah. those guys leave there so i mean we we were waiting on swells and you get you watch the bottom machine you know and it's like up on up on top you're of the swell you're 16 feet and at the bottom you're you're eight feet yeah you know and that's like that's on the high tide so i couldn't imagine on the low tide in there and because we had that little tropical depression that slid by there you know we had a we had a big old swell coming through there you know so for like I was describing earlier, the the marinas on the on the northern peninsula. There's two peninsulas on either side of the river mouth, and you go down there and you take a right and you go out the inlet and you basically wait to get over the bar. People who fish Oregon Inlet and even Stewart understand understand this waiting for the waiting for the swells. But this is this is as, as good as it gets, pretty much. So. Uh, um, it's a, just a, a pretty rad place. It's a, it's a wild place, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, waiting, you know, kind of inching your way out and then they like, you know, they watch the swells just crush, mm-hmm. crush, cross. And then, and then once they see their chance, you know, they just send it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then like, sometimes 
they the swell comes on quicker than you think and then all of a sudden you're like you're going parallel with the waves like trying <laughs> to like not go like you know sink the bow you know yeah that was that was special so you you talk about we you spoke earlier about the maintenance that people have to do well you have to maintain a boat well there because you have to get in and out of the inlet so even the smaller boats are maintained really well yeah you don't so, want to break down right there i'll tell you that yeah it's happened in that tournament so you were there to fish the el salvador international billfish tournament um, 29th next year the 30th so 29th. they're i know they're going to be planning a a big blowout tournament for that so yeah hopefully we'll both be there for that yeah i would like to be there so the the guatemala all the guatemalan boats made it so that was good right yep they all made it a few costa rica boats made it uh i know that put a Puda Vida boat didn't make it because their boat, I think right now, is actually on the ship heading to Costa Rica. Okay. Um, and I the guy actually DM me, you know, saying, you know, they were bummed that they had to miss it just yeah. by probably a week or so. Um, but yeah, I mean, pretty good turnout, you know, handful of good boats. Nice to see all the Guatemala guys there and David Salazar, who's a great friend, and ended up obviously winning the tournament. So it was you know amazing and super happy for him let's get into the tournament the first night is just the signups and the just the first dinner and it's pretty fun pretty pretty decent food and drinks and everything like that and then the next morning is is a tournament and the sun comes up over the uh over the volcano kind of leave in the in the dark right at right at sunrise it's you know they put on a, a really good tournament but yeah watching you know just being in a different place like that watching the sun come up over those volcanoes is pretty cool you know yeah just definitely uh nice change of change of view and stoke the fish there but yeah man and i you know also the other thing too is like you said you leave in leave in the morning you get through there and then all of a sudden you got a 50 60 70 mile run you know those guys don't they don't mess around you know it's, yeah i told people how far we're running they're like <laughs> like that's insane you think you could just go somewhere and fish within a few miles but yeah and you, i guess you actually you know that shelf is i guess if you just run straight out i guess you could probably start fishing in about 35 miles i guess is yeah really really probably the closest point um but we were you know Mar marco's family especially they really like looking at their water charts which is oh, cool yeah. i thought yeah they love that which you know you know they're on it you know so we we're kind of chasing you know a bluer body of water the first two days first two days of the tournament but i don't know if that blue water decided to have more mahis in it but it was uh it was like jurassic park i mean yeah. they were and they were like piranhas dude i mean <laughs> just i've never seen anything like that in my life i mean you had told me before <laughs> but it was just you can't you can't even tell people how it is because of how bad it is i mean i mean for I'd say two and a half days for two and a half days of the tournament, you know, three day tournament, two and a half days there, we didn't have long riggers or flat lines in the water. Just yeah. Teasers. Just bait. Were you now, I can't remember in the tournament, were you able to, to fish like more than just the dredges and the teasers? Were you allowed to do like, like short, like short rigger yeah, teasers we, or something like that? Yeah. That's what we ended up doing. Uh, you know, two. Yeah. You're, the two dredges, two bridge teasers, and then, you know, two short rigger or two cockpit teasers. 
And then even there was times when we didn't have bites and they're throwing, they're throwing like a center rigger teaser out. I mean, yeah. we had the, we had the whole kitchen sink out there <laughs> a little did, too much, but did you, did you feel like, I mean, the, the Mahis were just rip, rip the teasers up too, wouldn't they? Oh yeah. Just, yeah. just, I mean, you just look back and there's like four or five, 12 pounders on every teaser that's in the water and they're just <laughs> yanking on it. Everyone just, you hear, eh, eh, eh. just, I mean, just, just relentless. And then you're, you know, you're trolling, there's like 50 of them in your spread. And then you look and there's like a hundred more Greg town, greyhounding towards the boat. You're like, Oh my, hold on everybody. It's like the sickest thing you've ever seen, you know? Yeah. And, and then even, even the times where you're, you are raising sales. I mean, I'd probably say like two or three times where we had the sale coming up to eat a pitch or a long rigger and the, the mahis would eat it before the sale did. Yeah. It's a, it's an art. Like it, it wasn't nearly as bad for, for us last year. We were able to, to fish baits. It was for me, it was super frustrating. Um, I had the, the blood money crew and the, the King and I, let me run their little boat their 50 52 ocean and i found it frustrating that they my guys wanted to fish the baits no matter what and i found that extremely frustrating and it was it wasn't to the point where it was like that like you would it was more like a a two-thirds mahi to sail bite so or quartered mahi to sail bite so you could like you could still fish a regular spread but you would still be battling the mahis and people you get a blind longer your bite and you know you feed it and come tight and oh it's another mahi and there goes and and i we brought all our own stuff and i was like there goes another and we were not prepared like we yeah. we, we brought we brought a couple hundred leads probably three four hundred leads and 200 200 hooks and 100 headers or something like that and we by the time the tournament started we were thankfully they had a little little place there to buy some leads we were we were struggling yeah. um but it was it was tough but yeah to have it like that and i was extreme i just thought we should have gone teaser fishing most of the tournament so but in this in this fishing it was in your fishing it was even more mahis so you couldn't more you, mahis and less sailfish than yeah. last year you know like last so, year you guys was a great bite this year yeah. not so great i guess maybe that storm had a lot to do with it yeah, yeah I, think I mean but even still i mean david the final day you know caught 20 on day three to win which you know 20s, yeah 20 is yeah. not bad you know so i mean we had bites too you know we i can't say we we didn't have bites and didn't see fish we just uh you know the, the anglers had a lot of bad luck on their side and you know we had a handful of fish pulling drag and kind of going towards the fish and then just jumping them off after a few minutes you know yeah. which kind of can't really explain some of that stuff but i think i'll honestly a lot of it and it's kind of hard to tell the guys obviously i wasn't i wasn't allowed to be an angler and i mean who knows i probably would have missed just as many anyway but but the the thing that i kind of was seeing and like i said it's it's hard to say it but they were catching so many mahis that it's just like became to a point where like any bite they had 
it's like in their head it yeah. was a mahi that's but that, that but was my problem last year there were year. times when yeah. it wasn't a mahi you know mm-hmm. so like the sale like they just weren't getting a nice clean drop back and like they're you know like i would watch them and it would just be like just like a second drop back and push the drag up and just pop out and i'm yeah. like there and then like maybe if we didn't see exactly what it was they're like oh it was a mahi i'm like yeah i'm like well 90 percent of the time me or the captain would say hey you got a mahi on your long yeah yeah and like a couple of the times where we did have a bait out there we did get that bite and then it's just like oh it was a mahi i'm like yeah 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 i mean there's a decent chance it was a mahi but you know decent chance it wasn't as well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and it was you know fishing with obviously you know their crew and you know marco and his dad they're you know the best guys such great guys to fish with and you know they're like you know help help out our guys help out the captain but you know they say that but you know they are just they like their own way you know even if yeah. their way might not be the best or the most effective way there's definitely some some interesting things you know yeah no snap swivels i'll tell you that that's oh yeah that's central america for you you've never seen that before nobody uses snaps not not any of the central american crews i thought i was gonna be like the man bringing them a whole bag of snap swivels and i brought them there and they look like they they looked at me like i brought them like a bag of lettuce or something like they're like <laughs> cool like what do you want what do you want us to do with that i'm like uh i don't know we'll put them on the rods like oh no loop to loop i'm like loop to loop though yeah. that was uh interesting yeah they're, they're, in costa rica there's this knot that they tie that's kind of you can kind of what they do guys is they print they crimp like a big loop and this is most of guatemala el salvador costa rica from what i've seen they crimp a, a big like inch and a half long loop and either they do a loop to loop with a professional loop on the on the leader side and a, just a regular loop on the header side or the the costa ricans had this weird knot that you could tie and it wouldn't wouldn't slip why well, i couldn't tie it it would slip all the time for me i get yelled at and but you could like pry the pry the knot apart like pull the two legs of the of the crimp section and the knot would fall apart after you cut a cut a leader off so it was really interesting they still do it a lot of people still do it i don't know if it's derived from the 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 lack of you know always having the right tackle or the fact that you get so so many swivels coming back at you when the fishing's good that's that's from what i when i started to do a little research that's what it seemed to be the realistic answer was that they're just tired of getting hit with swivels. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if you think about it, it doesn't make sense. I mean, if you, uh, you watch your look at their, your rods at the end of the day, your, your line's all twisted up. Yeah, you know, yeah. There's no, there's no section where it could spin. Yeah. yeah. And these got like, you, these guys weren't doing what you're saying. They're just, they have two loops crimped yeah. and then just, yeah. little one loop cat paw whatever you yeah. want to call it and that's it yeah i was kind of so if you're going to do that i prefer the loop to loop other than that because you can't mess it up where the costa rican knot i can't i i don't know what it's called but i don't i'm terrified of it yeah and you would think 
you would think when you're fishing the tournament as well, like maybe you wouldn't keep so many mahis, but man, they like they just they killed every one of them. <laughs> they killed a lot of them, I'll tell you that. <laughs> a little too much where I'm like, I'm like, the amount of times we're like the the extra time we took to make sure the mahis were getting in the boat. I, got I was like, man, like would have given us an hour probably more in the each day of fishing. Yeah. Like just cut them off. I know that. And the, the the crazy part about it is they don't want to. I'm like, swing them in. No, 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 no swing, no swing. We we gaff them. I'm like, who cares if they get off? Just swing yeah. them in. No, 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 no. Gaff them. I think gaff they're them. just. I just think they're mahis a day. <laughs> I think they're just uh, serious about thinning the herd, man. You gotta gotta thin it out out there. I don't know if they're gonna make much of a dent, but <laughs> I don't know. So when when you guys ran all this way, were you guys fishing uh, amongst other boats? Of the crew, did the was there like a a good idea where you needed to be, or was was it just kind of all over the place? Kind of because the, the water was kind of greenish and blended and the same everywhere. Pretty much. I mean, I mean, we the body of water we ran through the first day, or even the first two days, wasn't bad it, i yeah. mean it looked like you could have caught him in it and, and you did. can have great fishing over there and not so great water yeah in, yeah in no for sure yeah it's hard to say if you know the fish really just aren't there or they're there and there's too many mahis or yeah. i don't know because you would think sometimes where you're trolling in some good water and there's a lot of bait you know you got spinner dolphin eating a ton of whatever bait they're eating. You could see the little bonita tunas, you know, boiling over the surface. You got birds everywhere. And, you know, you're trolling around this big, beautiful area of Nat Geo picture. Yeah. And you're not raising anything. And I'm like, that is kind of blows my mind, you know? So I learned this in Costa Rica last year, fishing on the DAC as a sonar guy. And, I kind of had heard this, but I'd never seen it in, in, but when the bait gets so thick there, you can mark the fish, uh, mark the fish down on the bait and you just can't get them off of it because there's just so much when they're in a section like that. So people just in Costa Rica, I've learned that people just try to find areas with fish and no, no bait. It's very difficult without like with sonar but over there you know you see a lot of free jumpers so you can kind of just be riding along and you'll see like a, mar a blue marlin free jumping or a couple sails free jumping and stop and then they'll pick in that area till till they feel like it's over and keep on moving and i think that's i i i remember seeing similar instances or sometimes where there's not much going on the surface but you're just marking bait and fish and you just can't get a bite or or you would get you would get not as many bites as you would think. Yeah. I mean, the one day we were, you know, like I said, we were fishing around, like, like I said, all this bait, the dolphin, the tunas, everything. And we're not getting bit. And finally they like, they kind of like, they're all talking in Spanish to each other. And then they all look at me. They're like, like, what do you think? I'm like, we got to get out of here. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, we've wasted enough time sitting here and not seeing, like, we didn't even raise one in that. Yeah. And I was like, I was just like, I was like, we got to get far away from here because something's something's off, you know. Were the mahis in there too, or no? When it was like yeah. that, I got you. Yeah, they're yeah they're in there. You know, was there a lot of blue marlin? I mean, I know it's it's the tournament's kind of set up for like a marlin 
marlin meatfish sailfish tournament and then there's an overall billfish winner but was there a lot of marlins caught this 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 week i think only five or six wow. and yeah which you know i know there's a lot more caught last year um uh, there wasn't for, as far as there was i mean the boats that were fishing for the marlins did have better marlin fishing but there wasn't i think the only the rum line only caught the one boat that was catching the sails is the only one i saw catch a blue one and we did see a blue one sailfish in one day but i was it was strange considering you know the mahis and everything yeah we saw we saw two and then we missed what i said was a sail on the right long and someone happened to say it was a striped marlin yeah um i don't know how they could have distinguished that from the cockpit I was like, that looks like a sail to me, but me and the book captain both said it was a sail. They're like, no, no, a stripe. I was like, all right, stripe it is. Yeah, like it. And they say usually when you find like those giant tree floaters over there, there's typically yeah. blue marlin on them. And man, we, you know, I saw this thing in the distance and I'm like, oh man, like this is it. We're going to catch something cool in this thing. And it was like a half a tree trunk, you know, giant, just huge. You know, look like it's been floating for years. I mean, them, and then we drive up to that thing, and the amount of life on that was just mind blowing. I mean, there must have been—I don't know. I mean, I don't know how many mahis. There must probably three hundred fifteen pounders on it, and uh, you know, probably an acre of those little amber jacks or amberines, yeah. and then. On the outside of that was probably like an acre of little bonitas boiling. And then outside of that, there's a humpback whale breaching. <laughs> I'm like, geez, Louise, this is like everything you ever dreamed of. And we didn't catch it. We didn't see a sail or a blue there. I couldn't yeah. believe it. They're, they're there, but they have no reason to go chasing you. Yeah, you think mm. you'd raise them or though. Yeah. But yeah, I guess. I mean, man, if there's that much bait, why are they going to go look at some classic squids? Yeah. What? Uh. So, the first day we figure out a way to get those fish up. Yeah. What did uh? So the first day you caught, what did you catch? In the first day of the tournament. The first day we were like four for eleven. Yeah. You gotcha. I think. And and it was pretty even. Like every boat, the first day of the tournament basically had like eight to twelve bites. Mm -hmm. So it's like we were right there. We just. Like I said, a lot of, a lot of bad luck for us. Yeah. And then the second day of the tournament was just slow for everybody. I think the top boat had five or six, and I think we were like two for a couple. Yeah. And then the last day again, we had we had a decent amount of bites. You know, four for I don't know ten maybe, but nowhere near as David. David was like twenty for. 25 or something were you fishing near him when that when that was going on yeah he put on a show dude he was in yeah. he had he, he had the whole pack around them and he was the only person really getting bit it was that, uh found that dot yeah he said he said it was kind of like one little spot you yeah. know how weird that is you know it's it's crazy i think we've been on we fished enough to be on both sides of that and to you know when you have that dot and you're like oh yeah and then you you get back to it and you're like oh, oh that's what i want to see and then you're like oh there there he is and then yeah when and he was 
teaser fishing too, you know? Yeah. So it was, you know, really. Well, and those guys we do all a lot were of, at that point because we yeah. were all just getting mowed with mahi, you know? Yeah. So. And those guys, I think maybe the fact that those guys do some a, a, a lot of fly fishing over there probably helped in the the whole teaser thing because it it it's in you know just teaser fishing is an art and being able to being able to switch out the way they fly fish over there where they 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 basically bring the sail to the back of the boat and then and then pitch a bait or throw a fly throw the fly they switch it out immediately whereas a lot of people like me and you would put the bait out have it skip in there and bring the fish to the thing but by that point a mahi eats it yeah so so you actually got to so their their tactics on how they they kind of slow the boat down and and tease the fish in and have they have have great practice when it comes to that uh probably helped out a lot i didn't really think about that until now listen to listening to my uncle and you know listening to listening to what they have to say and or what he had to say about how they fish on the king and i and I think that it's, it's it would be really super important to to take yeah, those absolutely. skills you learn you learn from the and I'm sure they might not not even said oh we do the fly fishing they they probably just did it naturally because they know how to do it but it kind yeah, of makes I, sense well it makes it makes a lot of sense and mm-hmm. what you know what it's, I I really you know kind of saw as well which I try to really help them with this but I was like man like you know you guys are fishing on a big center console. You know, you guys have the luxury right now while you wait for your Viking to fish how these guys aren't fishing where you could hook a a fish, put the guy in the bow and then keep keep fishing fishing. off the back. But they treat the center console like a big boat. It just is frustrating because I can't tell you how many fish when we we got the fish on, and it goes into his turn, you know, we kind of like look in the more, see if another one pops up, maybe there did, wasn't. And then, then finally when he's like, all right, you know, let's bring everything in. So I could start reversing on this thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I, I told Marco and I told one of the other anglers, I was like, I was like, leave. If you're in position, like on the other side, I go, leave it in the water. I go, I will watch it for you and just let it go by the side of the boat. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many fish we we ended up either hooking, jumping them off, or just raising on one little ballyhoo. Yeah, yeah. Just not even not even trolling, just yeah, yeah, just floating on the surface, you know. And like I was like, man, like you know, they're not half, you know, they're we know they're not alone, you know. Like you just gotta, right. they're there. So it was, you know, I think there was just ways we could have. Uh, created a few more bites but and the risk in you know with fishing like that with the you know catching handful of fish to be be competitive the risk reward you kind of got to identify when the risk reward when you when you decide like oh this is a single maybe just go get them or throw the boat in a turn and run to the bow get them versus another time where you might feel a little different and and it's difficult you know to to figure that out but there is a there is a time and the place to go and I do, we do it a lot in Ocean City. Thankfully, we have the sonar here. We can kind of identify whether it's going to be a single or a, a, a multiple. But when you're, when you, that, that does matter in, in tournaments when the fishing is, is kind of slower or just tougher. 
you got to pick through the mahi. So it's it's really interesting. You got to be really willing to identify when the when the right right time is to yeah. go get them, or just do the same thing every time and commit to it. Just be okay if it's if the other scenario pops up. You know, me personally, I like to try to like figure out what I feel how I feel about going into a turn and maybe maybe doing a couple circles versus like just clear and back it up but we do with the sonar now in ocean city we do a lot more and I wish kind of the art of catching multiples is is kind of it's not dying because you you need the cap you still need to do all those things to capitalize on the multiple when it when it when you do get it but it it's it's less I think it's rewarded less now because being able to fish in a turn and keep everything super organized. Yeah. So like you said, it's interesting that like, you know, using the fly fishing, like slowing down to bring them in. Um, you know, I think that that definitely goes a long way. Cause like you said, I mean, even just on Mahis, there were times like we just get, you know, when we did have some ballyhoos out there, cause like there'd be times like maybe like 20 minutes would go by where we didn't get a mahi and we're like, yeah. Oh, all right, let's try to get some ballyhoos out there. Yeah. And as soon as you put them out there, you just get covered up. But then like, you know, we got like the dredges like hanging under the riggers, you know, the squid chains are just laying in the water and we're just, everyone's just cranking on these mahis. I mean, and also the handful of sails that would just swim up to the boat. Yeah. yeah. While we're, that all that was going on. And then, trying to put the boat in gear and all this stuff but yeah i think I, that i i do notice that like and when you throw the boat in gear the boat never goes gently in gear either it goes you know goes both engines and gear creates a lot of commotion I, i've had that happen and i try to in my experience i try to kind of ease away from it if that if, if that becomes the case but it's hard to you know it's very difficult Especially when you got all that going on, and then those mahis don't seem to matter so much anymore when the sale yeah. comes up. And but yeah, it, it, it all like now the more and more I think about it, the more and more I'm like, man, when there was a, uh, I mean, those guys in the rum line do a lot of all those boats in Guatemala do a lot of fly fishing, yeah. so it's not like anything that. But maybe that those guys just kind of executed their that sort of take that those tactics and the technique a little bit better that last day because they basically won it on the hooker basically won it on the last day correct yeah they caught they caught nine the first day one or two the second day and then 20 the final day yeah yeah and my uncle said that they were they were committed to teaser fishing the entire time and not 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 well, sticking a bait out yeah i mean david told me they tried to put him out but yeah, yeah. you know just like everybody i mean everyone was dealing it's not like the Mahis were in one area. I mean, they, yeah. I mean, to think that boats were like 50 miles apart from each other and having the same issue, I'm like trying to like piece into my brain, like, all right. So if that boat's 50 miles from us and he's having the same exact issue with us, like they, they just got to be 50 miles long of Mahis across the surface. I mean, yeah. just that, uh, you know, who knows? Thousands and thousands and thousands. Hundreds of thousands. Who knows? <laughs> Millions of miles. Like we saw, we saw a long a guy put a long line set out, and I'm like, oh man, that guy is gonna, he's gonna set the market with mahis. Dude. Yeah, he's not gonna be on the panga. He's not gonna be able to put them all in there. Yeah, he's gonna have to come back out. 
so that's so interesting i I didn't really think about that five fishing thing but it makes sense and but yeah like in fishing like that because i've seen it in in isla maharis with the bonitas and in costa rica as well with the mahi is like you can't even put a bait out like you'll raise a fish and you you'll try to fish a bait back to them and i think i think the fact that like they bring the fish all the way to the back of the boat where we still feed the fish like off the leader way back off the off the leader i think is it it has to be one of the reasons we might have to get them on here and see see what it was about because i've been in fishing like that where the bonitas or the mahis are just so bad and you're there's just a, a fish back there and you just pitch a bait and then it just gets crushed and you pitch another bait and he gets crushed and the thing loses interest. Yeah. So yeah, we gotta get David on. I mean, he's definitely uh he's been doing it for a very long time over there in Guatemala. So yeah. definitely uh you know cool to see him win. I was like, oh man, I was like the old man still got it. <laughs> so so that was the tournament and you kind of those three days of fishing and was the weather good for the most part? Like the ocean? Is it calm? Yeah, uh, I'd say the first day was a little bumpy, which when I say a little bumpy, not that bumpy for us over here. Yeah, yeah. But for them, they're like having a heart attack. They're like, like, oh, this is miserable. I'm like, this is miserable? I was like, this is a beauty for the East Coast. Yeah, especially down where you live. You're waiting for the weather to get shitty. It's ridiculous. It's funny. Those guys are... Those guys are, they love their calm water, boy. Their perspective on people's perspective on fishing is like the locals, like Guatemalans, Costa Ricans, and, and, uh, the Salvadorians, their perspective on fishing is kind of, kind of jaded because they're like, well, it's just so good all the time. More often than not, you know, they're, they're slow fishing anywhere, but with the weather and the fishing, it's kind of crazy that, that they're just like, well, you know, catching 20 sales a day, that that would be a day that we kind of file in our head and yeah. and remember them. It's just like another day. They're like, oh, it's kind of slow today. And it does, I will say, I don't know, the days are kind of shorter over there, but it's super hot. And if the fishing isn't really, really good, it does feel the time between time between bites is, does feel longer. But I, I also never really ran a boat over there for more than a couple days at a time so i don't know if it if it feels that way just because you're 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 not running the boat yeah yeah i mean i yeah i mean i enjoyed it you know i sat up top you know with their captain the entire four days of fishing yeah you know i never came down uh just you know hit the head a couple times but man it's just enjoyed being up there and trying to trying to piece it together what you know what i thought i would be either doing to improve or doing to capitalize more bites and stuff so it's a tough situation i I ran into that last year of the being the sonar guy and when i do i'm the sonar guy for tournaments you're kind of it's a great learning experience you don't learn on you can kind of get a you just create theories in your head and the only only thing is like you would do this better you would do you you would do this not better but differently but do that differently you might turn this way instead of that way 
but in the grand scheme of things you're it's not your boat so you can't you can't really test your theory to see if you would be any any, any better or worse so yeah, kind of, yeah. it's kind of a challenging situation than that you you know especially you i feel like you you b- believe in yourself enough that you you'd be like oh yeah i'm going to turn that way and they're going to be there but from I, the the reality of the situation is like it's not like that it's kind of but yeah, you, I mean, you don't we'd know. have to go there and put the time in and actually, yeah, yeah. And I would love to, I would love to. Yeah, me too. I mean, I think, I mean, my, one of my dreams is to just have like a 38 Henriquez in Guatemala and El Salvador and just fish in Chiapas and just fish that area. You know, that's only a couple hundred miles in, in a, in a couple different directions. And they, between El Salvador, Guatemala and Chiapas, like there's always good fishing there. Yeah, and I, not I, as, I just love it there. I think they're cool countries, and yeah, me too, man. That's and the special. Fish, yeah, and the fishing's really good, and it's a little bit more rugged than Costa Rica. You know, there's not fifty. You know, go fishing in a weekend in Costa Rica between December and April in Costa Rica. There's fifty of the nicest sport fish boats in the world out there. <laughs> you know, it's you you kind of feel like you're back in the states where back there you you don't know what you're going to see or who's going to be fishing or who's going to be getting them yeah you know? yeah between guatemala and el salvador i yeah. mean you're not going to see you're not going you're to not see. see those boats but yeah. you know hopefully in the years to come you know more boats will start to go there i mean i think it's i definitely think it's a a newer untapped fishery that yeah. i think once more big name boats do start to go there i think it'll start to kind of attract more boats yeah the potential is 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 beyond belief sometimes but yeah because like you know they're telling me you know last year you know there's what 15 boats that what caught over 50 fish for the tournament yeah yeah i think the top three which, boats all caught almost 100 yeah or, so 100 like, or, or better yeah yeah like just think of that those numbers with you know the boats they're fishing on which not saying they're bad boats but no. that's great that's insane fishing yeah and yeah. you bring that's no sonar too i mean you no. put you put a dozen sport fishes that were used to there with sonars you're gonna you're gonna see some some crazy stuff yeah no i think the wire transfer would have to might be a good spot for that thing to land yeah <laughs> i'm trying to fire up my boss <laughs> so i figure if we go through the canal you gotta go might as well just go and check it out keep on going yeah i mean the adventure and the way all. they explained it too is like you could go there and fish put the boat there you know a month or two and mm. fish there while you get ready for like the season to kick off in costa rica you know yeah because the best fishing it seems like the best fishing in guatemala and el salvador is like october november december yeah which costa rica doesn't what get started till january not typically you know i'm sure they you know costa rica well, the tournament so yeah, yeah the tournament yeah so that would that would be that's what i'm saying for, like you go there get some go you know get a practice in catch 100 fish a day or whatever it is and and yeah, go make your way to Costa Rica. Yeah, I think for me that would have 
you know, because because Mag Bay is like going up the Cabo is so far, even though you're almost in Mexico and Guatemala, it's so far versus, you know, Costa Rica is only, I think it's only a day and a half ride for like a normal sport fish 20, 29, 30 dot boat. Yeah. I mean, they had that boat there, that little game fisherman from Costa Rica called the Let It Ride. So it was cool that those guys made the trip, you know, for the tournament. The blue one? Yeah, it's like a blue game fisherman, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sick yeah, little boat. Maverick, like a dark blue hull Maverick. Game fisherman boat. It's definitely a game fisherman. I got you. Um, I don't know. I got a picture on my phone. It was a pretty little rig. Yeah. But yeah, like a couple of Texas boys on it and they're Costa Rica boys. So, and they did pretty well. I mean, for never, they got there, the, I guess, two days before the tournament. And I think they came in top three or four or something so they you know had a good showing for a new body of water pretty awesome and then you got to know a couple of my guys donnie and uncle bill yeah got to spend a lot of a lot of time with them watch them uh really uh make a good dent on the dessert bar <laughs> oh man they love that they love eating their their little dessert and listen to me tell uh mahi stories they were i had them rolling laughing cool buddy. that was funny bill got me all fired up about galapagos yeah sounds pretty cool yeah it's pretty cool i've never Have been, been there but I, no i want to go i mean he's got a he can get you fired up about just about anywhere because he's been just about anywhere so yeah he lives a dream man oh he's my, a, i want to be you and i grow up bill the pro- he'll tell you that you just can't grow up. That's a problem. Like, kind of a child. <laughs> My Uncle Bill. That's impressive, dude. He's <laughs> fluent in Spanish, too, dude. Had oh, yeah. Impressed. No, his, I mean, yeah. It's like, that's in the blood there, buddy. Can you speak so, Spanish? I speak enough. Nice. I, wanna, I need to get better. I need to, I need to get better. Yeah, definitely so. got, definitely got better within the, handful of days being i there. can't believe you don't speak spanish no enough to understand i guess but yeah i need to learn it well, but cool. uh yeah no, i just want to say thanks again to marco and his family for hosting me and let me fish with them and uh yeah if anybody's interested i know they love to take more boats more anglers they'll find a boat for you yeah to get down there and see some sick fishing it's a great great spot i've been able to do it twice and bummed out and missed out on this one but it all worked out for the best, so that's right. Well, cool. That was fun, buddy. And maybe we'll even do one in person. We got some news coming on, so I like it. Cool. Well, thanks everybody for listening, and go check out El Salvador Hook Optics Front Runner Boots. And we appreciate everybody listening. Thank you. All right, bro. Later. See. You.